Global supply chain and logistics industry leaders gather, connect, and exchange ideas at IHS Market's annual TPM conference organized by the JOC. In our new podcast series, Beyond TPM, we keep those conversations going, taking a deep dive into critical, rapidly evolving topics and the insights uncovered this year at TPM 21. I'm Alessandra Barrett, the JOC's Senior Editor for Special Projects. Today I'm speaking with Roger Gunther, Executive Director of Port Houston. It's great to have this opportunity to chat again, Roger. Well, it's great to chat as well, uh, ready for things to start getting back to normal. Same. So I'd like to start with a little conversation around the current state of the country's infrastructure. You have certainly spoken over the last few years about the need to address a lot of the crumbling infrastructure, and we do have some movement happening in Washington this year. So I'd like to get your thoughts on where we are right now, what needs to happen, and what your outlook is. Okay, great. Well, I think it's very important that there is a focus on infrastructure, not only you know, replacing some of the existing infrastructure, but also looking at the needs uh, for the future, especially in, in global commerce. You know, we're looking ahead. We've got some of our older terminals that we're reinvesting in, and, and as well as for future growth, investing in, in opportunities in some of our greenfield sites. But outside of terminals as well, you know, we can continue as ports to uh, grow as quickly as we need to, to handle the amount of cargo. But we also have to look at the uh, freight mobility, the landside infrastructure, whether it's road or rail or whatever, to make sure that cargo can efficiently get to and from its destination. So that's certainly a focus of ours here in Houston, not only internally, but also externally working with the Texas Department of Transportation to make sure that those needs are forecast so that we can have efficient commerce through our port. The port is investing and has spent the last decade working toward Project 11, the billion-dollar widening and deepening expansion plan for the Houston Ship Channel. In August, the signing of a project partnership agreement with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers kicked off the first phase, the step of soliciting dredging contract proposals. What led up to this point, and what are your expectations for timing? Well, it's moving quickly. We have made enormous strides in the last year after studying and planning with our partners at the Corps of Engineers since we were first authorized to do a study back in 2014. Very quickly, late last year and early this year, we got the Chiefs Report, we got authorization, and we actually got appropriations for a new start to the project. And the good thing is the importance to expedite this project is exponential, not only for certainly the oil and gas and energy sector of the Houston Ship Channel, but also for the uh, size of ships that are needed in the container industry as well. So we're accelerating this project very quickly. We actually, the port funded the design in advance so that when we got authorization, we would be ready to go, which we are. And we expect to start the first phase of this project late this year. So it'll be done in phases. 
And it's very important that we're starting and moving very rapidly because this channel, which we call Project 11, and it's very, very unique name because it's the 11th time that this channel has been either deepened or widened or improved in the 100-year history. So it's very important to the nation, economic impact to the nation. And we're on our way and moving very quickly to make sure that we can uh, get the improvements needed to handle the demand in Houston. Great. I didn't realize that about the name. Project 11 is part of a significant capital expense program this year. The port's 2021 budget was double last year's. Could you speak to the drivers for that investment, as well as the areas you've chosen to focus outside of the channel with birth and terminal renovations and other projects? Yeah, you know, our port, like many other ports in the country, are seeing very rapid growth and demands, mainly from trade with East Asia. And, you know, that all started kind of after the slump last year, after the pandemic, and we rebounded with the largest quarter that we've ever had last year, and it's never really slowed down. And we think that it's going to continue to grow through the end of the year. So we're accelerating our investment in our terminals buying more ship-to-shore cranes. We're constructing new docks at our Bayport terminal, and we're rehabilitating some of the older docks at Barber's Cut, which is, you know, a 40-some-odd-year-old facility that uh, we need to reinvest to make sure that we're prepared for the future. So very aggressive schedule. You know, it's all about staying ahead of the demand curve. So we have to continue to make those investments for what we see coming in the future. So we're, we're being very aggressive and we'll continue to do so. So staying ahead of the demand curve. Over the years, one of the big topics you and I have spoken about during our interviews at events is the resin boom. I'd love to get your thoughts now on where we are with resin volumes and what you expect for the year ahead. Well, the, uh, the resins obviously are a, a big piece of our export commodity out of Houston. About 70% or so of the polyethylene that's exported from the United States goes through our port. And you're right, we've talked about this for years. The expansion of production of resins has been occurring over the last few years. And the uh, capability is there. And then our export resins have been down for the last several months, very heavily impacted by hurricane last fall that hit pretty hard the uh, southwest Louisiana and uh, southeast Texas. A lot of those facilities were not started up or were taken offline, followed by, <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not as prepared for cold weather as they are in the north. And uh, we've had a lot of a big impact from the big freeze that we had back in February. And so a lot of that Production capability is about to come online, so, so it's been down because of that, coupled by the fact that the domestic demand for resins has been up. So to that regard, the exports have been down a little bit, but we're understanding that it's going to start bouncing back in a pretty big way, we believe, starting toward the end of this year. Coupled with the uh, tremendous growth in imports from Asia due to e-commerce have been uh, the reason for our growth. Things are looking bright here in Houston. I'd like to follow up on how Houston is handling this current import surge. 
What are your expectations for how that's going to be handled as the surge goes on? You know, the surge in imports have been positive here in Houston. And, um, you know, I think looking for opportunities to divert and to deal with the tremendous demand in the supply chain. But that's been developing over several years. Companies, many more big box retailers are establishing distribution facilities here. We've had tremendous growth there. So that kind of makes it captive, that market captive for those certain suppliers in our region. So that continues to grow. And I think is driving a lot of the imports. And, you know, we've had a lot of extra loaders this year compared to years past, just due to the demand of uh, retail import goods that want to come in this area. You know, this region, three of the, I think, top five metropolitan areas in the country are within a four or five hour drive up here by truck. So uh, that demand continues to grow. Texas is the fastest growing state in the U.S. And, you know, we're continuing to project an increase in population from seven to 10 percent over the next five years. So a lot of retail distribution networks are being set up here near our port infrastructure and you know, the e-commerce is bigger than ever and has meant growth for Houston region as well. So a lot of these new distribution facilities are putting their stake in the ground here and they can serve both e-commerce and the brick and mortar stores in the region. Shifting gears to a slightly different way of thinking about expansion, the port has launched a race and gender conscious procurement program. Could you tell me a little bit about the initial inspiration for a supplier diversity program, how that came to be created, as well as the reasons you've chosen to have it structured the way that you have? Yes, I'll start out with you know, our workforce in Houston, I believe it's second to none and, and our people, whether it's for our organization or those that depend upon the port are the most important assets, right? So our strategic plan that we included a goal a couple of years back that for our continued success, we had to foster diversity, equity, inclusion in our organization. And we want to be the best place to work, right? So We've ramped up our DEI efforts. We began internally with a lot of roundtable discussions and cross-functional DEI action teams. And we've recently adopted a diversity, equity, and inclusion position statement. And the reason for that is this is, you know, I would say the most diverse city in the U.S. And we have to embrace that in order to be successful going forward and, you know, making sure that everybody matters and their ideas and, and being inclusive at the port is very important. But we also recognize that DEI goes well beyond just our internal culture. And as a leader of commerce and economic activity in our city, in our region, we have that responsibility to promote DEI throughout the region. So we kicked off an initiative this year to create more opportunities for minority and women-owned businesses to work with Port Houston. We've had a race and gender neutral program of contracting with vendors for more than 15 years, but starting in July, we have just this month, a new initiative to support minority and women-owned businesses, or, you know, a race conscious program. So we're really excited to take this step. So we're kind of encompassing 
all in one, I've created a new division, a business equity division in that organization answering directly to me to provide this vision and leadership and guidance for our diversity and also to guide our program to do business with minority and women-owned businesses in Houston. So uh, we're really excited about it and it's off to a good start and we'll continue to have those aspirational goals to match that of what the business community looks like in our region. Looking forward over the next decade, what challenges are keeping you up at night? What opportunities are you most excited about both at the port and in the industry? You know, the challenges create opportunities and there's always challenge. We talk about the challenge of this tremendous growth and waking up every day as a business. You know, we are a port, but we're also a terminal operator. So making sure that we're making the investments that we need. And as I talked about earlier, staying ahead of the demand curve because we have to be prepared for what's coming our way. You don't have the opportunity to tell um, an ocean carrier, we'll take your new business, but we're a year away from it. I mean, we've created these opportunities by making the investments before, and it's been fruitful because the growth in the Asian cargo coming to Houston over the last year due to the pandemic, we were in a good position to handle that because of our investments. So the challenges are each and everything that this monumental change in the supply chain whether it's something that we control or not is on our mind every single day from the things you hear about for chassis availability, equipment availability, all of those things. As an operator, we strive to capitalize on those challenges and being nimble and make the decisions we need to make to keep Houston competitive in a place where cargo can flow freely. So those keep me up at night, but they don't keep me up as much as they probably would if I didn't have the great team that we have here in Houston looking after those problems each and every day. So uh, quite comfortable with what's going on here in Houston. That's a great place to be. Well, thanks again, Roger, for taking the time to join the podcast. Well, thank you. And it's good talking to you again and look forward to seeing you guys at TPM early next year. Me too. Thank you, Alessandra. Beyond TPM is a production of the JOC, part of the Maritime and Trade Division of IHS Market. For more news, analysis, and business intelligence for all things shipping and logistics, visit JOC.com and follow us on social media.